the Holy Gospel for this day is from St. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 9. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Holy Week has been a number of weeks ago now, but today our Gospel lesson takes us right back. Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. It's Maundy Thursday, the night before Jesus is crucified. Jesus knows he's about to leave his disciples, and he knows he also must prepare them. The Gospel of John, in fact, devotes four full chapters to Jesus saying goodbye to his disciples in the upper room. Again, Jesus knows he has to prepare his disciples for the changes. During the meal, Jesus lifts up the bread and wine, and he makes a promise that he would be with them whenever and wherever they were when they celebrated communion, right down to this very day. He promises further that the Holy Spirit would be with them, that they would not be left alone as they did ministry in the world. Also, Jesus spent considerable time in the upper room teaching his disciples that they must work together as a team. And that's where we pick up today's gospel lesson. Jesus commands his disciples to, quote, love one another as I have loved you. We typically read this passage, and when we do, we think we know what it means. The disciples are supposed to have the feelings of love for one another. But that's not necessarily and totally true. And it's not the Greek word that's used here. There are at least four Greek words that we translate with the one English word, love. Three of those Greek words are feeling words. Storge is love between family members. Phileo is love between friends. Eros is romantic love. And then there's agape love. Agape love is more than simply feelings. Agape love is an action word. It's doing the kind and generous things for other people that you would have them do to you. It's treating other people with dignity and respect. It focuses more on serving the community 
society than serving oneself. Of course, in the Bible passage today, Jesus uses the word agape. And he wants to teach his disciples something very important about how they can live and work together as a team. That they can be peaceful and healthy and have purpose in their ministry. And that ministry is about to change and Jesus knew, knew it. In the past, the disciples had relied on Jesus for direction. Now they would have to work together as a team. They would be a group, a church, a community with a purpose and a direction. And they had to trust and work with each other. It was as if Jesus knew the potential for dysfunction within that little team of disciples. Have you ever heard of the management book that was popular a few years ago with the title, Five Dysfunctions of a Team? It was a book that took for granted that any group of people working together would be running into problems. Dozens of other books are on the same subject. Good to great. Mastering collaboration. Codependent no more. Any group of people can experience dysfunctions. That includes neighborhoods and social clubs and sports teams, classrooms, political parties, families, even couples. Jesus knew it was also possible for churches to become dysfunctional. There are also dozens of books about, quote, healthy churches. Just use your search engine and type in healthy churches. My point here is that Jesus at the Last Supper with his disciples is anticipating problems, the dysfunctions that may come about as his disciples work together in the very first church. Too often, we think of Jesus only concerned about individuals and individual salvation, but that's not true. Jesus is just as concerned about, quote, salvation, the health of communities of people. In fact, as you may already know, the word salvation in the Bible is directly related to the word to be healthy. Jesus wants salvation and health for us as individuals and as community. And in today's gospel lesson, he gives some very basic advice to his disciples as they're about to form the very first church. Love one another as I have loved you. That is agape love one another. As I have shown you agape love. The disciples are to, quote, love each other by serving each other, by working together as a team, by compromising, by each doing his fair share, by remembering it takes the efforts of the entire group to make a team, a church, function well. Again, as I said, Jesus wants the church to be healthy, just as individuals are meant to be saved. When our own church, Holy Spirit Lutheran, developed its mission statement, it was 2,000 years after that first Monday Thursday. And to be honest, we did not consider Jesus' instructions to his disciples. Well, 
our church didn't consciously follow Jesus' command to love one another. But the word love did come to dominate our mission statement. Maybe we were subconsciously doing exactly what Jesus taught at the Last, last Supper. You may have our church mission statement memorized. Maybe not. Here it is. We're called by the Holy Spirit to proclaim and embody the compassionate, challenging, inclusive love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Our mission statement describes God's agape love with three adjectives. Agape has at least these three components. One, God's love, God's agape is compassionate. And to be compassionate literally means that you suffer with someone else. It does not mean pity. Compassion does not mean pity. It does not mean kindness from a safe distance. Compassion means we engage, we experience, we go into the pain of someone else. I have seen compassion so often displayed at our congregation. I have seen people in grief when other people are in grief. I've seen people laugh when other people feel joy. I've seen kindness and thoughtfulness and camaraderie. I have also seen our church apply the word compassion to the wider world, the world outside our local church. Our recently formed anti-racism forum is just one example of feeling compassion for the pain of others. Martin Luther King Jr. stated this summary of compassion when he said, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Compassion means we are all affected by what happens to other people. The second adjective we used in our mission statement to describe agape love is the word challenging. One of the most interesting things that I learned from that book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, was that one of the dysfunctions, interestingly enough, was the avoidance of conflict. The book said that in a healthy organization, and of course, that means healthy churches too, people will be able to challenge each other and even have conflict, but the key is how to handle such challenges. Members of a healthy church will show agape love to each other. Now remember, agape love is not a feeling word, it's an action word. We may not feel lovingly to someone with whom we have conflict, but we can act with respect. We can listen carefully. We can seek understanding. We can clarify our own position. We can be direct. And we can grow from those challenges. Too often, church members think they cannot challenge each other because it's not Christian. That's why so many churches end up in what's called communication triangles. Have you ever heard of a communication triangle? It's when people talk about other people 
when they're not present. It's really old-fashioned gossip. And many churches can fall into this triangulation dysfunction because they're afraid of conflict. Holy Spirit Lutheran Church, I've observed, handles conflict really well. We can disagree, clarify, compromise, and move forward. It's an important quality of a healthy church, and it's exactly what Jesus would want for us. But the word challenge in our mission statement is not just for us internally as a congregation. It's like the word compassion. There's an external component to that word. Agape love means we can bring challenge, not only to ourselves, and agape love to the world around us. In other words, we love the world around us by challenging the world around us. One of my personal goals when I retire is to expand the Crossways Bible Study program beyond our own congregation. As many of you know, the way we teach the Bible here at Holy Spirit Lutheran Church can be quite challenging to a traditional interpretation of Scripture. We put the Bible in context. We don't see everything in the Bible literally. We seek to understand theological truth, not just scientific truth. And so we challenge ourselves to read the Bible in new ways, and it's my hope to find ways to facilitate such a challenging look at the Bible for people outside of our church. And we hope to do technology, use technology to do that. Challenging love takes many other forms as well, including the willingness to confront injustice, racism, greed in our world. Indeed, Jesus calls us to challenging love, agape love, in our lesson today. Now, thirdly, our church mission statement describes agape love as Jesus' inclusive love. Inclusive has been a key word for our congregation. And it has permeated, actually, our self-identity as a church. We fully understand that when Jesus built the first church, he included the very people his society had excluded. God's love, Jesus' love, it's inclusive. No one's left out. And we at Holy Spirit Lutheran Church are trying to live that kind of agape love in our mission to the world and to ourselves. Historically, church identity has usually been built around how people are excluded. Some people are lost. Some people are saved. Some people are in the church club. Some people are not. Some people have correct doctrine. Others do not. Some people are good. Some people are bad. Our mission statement, in Jesus' own teaching, rejects such exclusive theology and opens us up to be the people who include those who were previously left out. So we began this sermon by returning to Jesus and his disciples in the upper room on the night before his crucifixion. And we heard Jesus say to his disciples that they are to, quote, love one another. We thought that that meant they were to have loving feelings to one another. Now we realize that Jesus meant much more than that. Jesus called his disciples to have 
agape love for each other. They are to do the actions of love. They are to respect and care for each other. They are to create a healthy church community and a healthy world. They are to show compassion as they experience each other's pain. They are to challenge each other and the world in healthy ways. They are to show an inclusive love, a love which seeks out those who are excluded, a love which respects the outsider, and maybe, most critically, inclusive love learns from those who are often considered other. Amen.